Hello, hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of What the Puck. I'm your host, Johnny D'Amico, and this is episode four of my podcast. Thank you all for listening in, for those who've been listening. We are going to have a lot to discuss. A lot has happened over the past week and a half, or maybe I think it was eight or nine days since the last recording, as it is now Thursday night. And we're going to begin with uh, some unfortunate news as, well, first off, let's Let's start off with a little bit of positive. The uh, NHL retiring the, or the, or excuse me, the Boston Bruins retiring the number of Willie O'Ree, who, for those who don't know, Willie O'Ree is the first black player to ever play the game of hockey in the NHL, more specifically. So con- congrats to that. But um, then we uh, unfortunately... We unfortunately had two incidents of racism in hockey. Yes, we're going to talk about racism because that's what I thought this podcast would be about. But no, in in uh, all serious, um, there was two incidents. One not not in the NHL, but one in the AHL, the American Hockey League, and then the ECHL, the Eastern Coast Hockey League. And you know, the first incident we're going to discuss it happened in the AHL. There are actually two very similar incidents. So. The one in the AHL involves um, San Jose Barracuda forward Christoph Herbeck, I think is that, that's how you pronounce his name. He has been suspended for 30 games in the AHL, or I guess in any league, I guess, for his racist gesture toward uh, forward Boko Imama, who is a black player. And apparently on the ice, um, he imitated the movements of a monkey that taunted Imama, who is a black player. And this was, uh, what's it called? I think this was saw by his uh, teammates originally, the, uh, the the taunt. And he got confronted um, by uh, Boko Imama's teammates, and they all came after him. And this was, like, a, during a TV timeout, so I don't, th- I don't think there was, like, any TV that saw it. But maybe a fan caught it, and I just, I can't remember which incident I, I saw um, between the two of them. But, you know, the AHL, I think they did, at first off, they did the right thing here, you know, um, to suspend this because um, Herbeck even admitted that uh, he is responsible and he, I even have the uh, quote of what he said. He said, I'm ashamed of today's events and embarrassed by the actions that led to my suspension. I want everyone to know that I'm very sorry for what has occurred and I take full responsibility for my actions. So at least he was man enough to apologize um, he also said that people should know I had absolutely no inappropriate intent. The gesture was made in the heat of a battle. I didn't mean anything racist by what I did. I realize now through my own ignorance how my gesture could be interpreted. I alone am responsible for that. It was terrible and I make no excuses. When I heard about Boko's reaction to the gesture, I was horrified by what I did. So, you know what, at least he did apologize to him, but still, there's no place for that in the game of hockey, and I think the American Hockey League did do the right thing by suspending him, and this isn't the, uh, what's it called, Boko Imama has, uh, you know, he's faced, uh, some form of racism before, but this is the, uh, um, the, he posted on, um, Twitter, I, I believe it was Twitter or Instagram, uh, it was Twitter, um, about the incident, so he tweeted, he tweeted out, uh, after the, um, after the game, I think, um, and it was basically talking about him, um, and his experiences, I'll pull up the, uh, 
tweet here in just a sec. So he said, enough is enough. I've been dealing with situations like this my entire life. As a person of color playing with youth hockey throughout junior and now twice as a professional, this keeps happening to me over and over again. We have enough to worry about as pro hockey players and it saddens me when anyone has to deal with these types of issues. It's frustrating and disheartening that this is still going on in 2022. Even though I honestly believe that the sport has made positive strides, we still have a long way to educate the ignorant and to make hockey a safe place for everyone. My hope is that people learn from this and the same day hockey will truly be for everyone. And you know what? I think he said it well. He um, he reacted well to it. I, I, I'm so, uh, what's it called? I, I feel so terrible that uh, someone has to deal with this. Um, it, I, this happened to him uh, last year too, actually. So this is what back in the uh, Ukrainian league, um, when he when he played there, he spoke about the racism that he uh, suffered there last year. Um, I for, I forgot what happened or, or who it was because it was it was some no name player that you never really heard about like this guy Christoph Herbeck. This is the only thing he'll probably ever be known for. But someone. Uh, um, intimidated, peeling and eating a banana, um, toward, uh, what's it called, um, Jalen Smerick, uh, I think he was a mama's teammate, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, it's, it really is disgusting to see out there, and then we had another incident that occurred, this one in the ECHL, which got a little bigger, uh, news just because of the names involved, we'll get to it in a sec, but this is, um, from uh, what's it called? This is the ECHL. So this is on the Jacksonville Iceman forward Jacob Panetta. So the suspension was actually announced today. So he's been suspended for the rest of the uh, 21-22 season um, in the ECHL. So he won't be back. Um, so that's going to be a 38-game suspension, which he can appeal. But this one was a little more interesting because... So apparently, um, he uh, Jacob Panetta... He made, um, I think he was making, I don't know if he made any, I think it was the same kind of thing, monkey gesture and monkey noises at um, defenseman Jordan Subban, who's actually the younger brother of uh, New Jersey Devils defenseman P.K. Subban. So he got a little more um, headline just because of the uh, Subban name. But n- not to take away anything from that first incident, they're both equally as important. But... Apparently, um, Panetta, well, you know, he, uh, he wouldn't fight Subban, or I think he was making, like, a tough guy gesture, or that's what he said, we'll get into that in a sec, and apparently Subban, he wailed on him, which, good, you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna run your mouth like that, and say the, uh, wrong thing, you, you deserve to get wailed on, sorry, that's, that's how a man should do it, um, and, you know, what's it called, Panetta, he, he, de- he denies the, uh, he he doesn't deny what he did, but he said the intention intention of it was uh was uh taken out of place and he said um that he was just uh mocking him as he uh acting like a fake tough guy uh behind the ref. Which you know what? It I I don't wanna say uh I don't wanna exonerate Panetta, but if if that's the case and this whole scenario is out of proportion, then apologize apologies to him, but if not Shame on him because I can't believe uh, that we're still dealing with this in 2022. Like, it's it's time to grow up, people. Um, so, actually, his older cousin, his former NHLer, two, uh, Stanley Cup champ, uh, 
Andrew Shaw, who actually def- defended his cousin, saying he has seen videos of him and he has seen him do the same taunt to uh, players of non-color. So maybe maybe that wasn't his ten- intent, but, you know, um, it, uh, it is, uh, what's it called? It, it it doesn't look good. Um so Jordan Suban, the one the victim in this case, he said to uh he tweeted on his Twitter, As soon as I began to turn my back, he started making mon- monkey gestures at me, so I punched him in the face multiple times and he turtled like the coward he is, so um you know, good for uh Subban to stick stick up. And then uh, even his older brother PK Subban spoke out and um I think he uh was tweeting at Jacob Panetta on Twitter. He said this is the uh quote from P.K. Subban, he said, they don't call the East Coast League the jungle because my brother and the other black players are the monkeys. Hey, Jacob Panetta, you shouldn't be so quick to delete your Twitter or your Instagram account. You probably you probably will be able to play again. That's what history says. Um, and P.K.'s, you know, he's not just a, he, he's not just a former star, but, you know, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, Twitter followers because he, he was a popular player, especially when he was back in uh, Montreal. But, you know, in, in these kind of incidents, you don't want to ever talk about this because, you know, especially on my podcast, I, I want to have a fun podcast. I don't want to talk about the uh, serious issues of society. You know, this isn't a this is an escape from politics and um, real craziness that happens in the world. And you know what? A lot a lot of the uh, what's it called? There There is a lot of uh, things that do get blown out of proportion and. A lot of things that are nonsense uh, in this day and age, but if the, um, unfortunately, these are actually real incidents of racism, and I hope that uh, Suban and Ima, um, Boku Imama both don't ever have to go through that again, and I hope they're able to um, find success where, wherever they go in terms of hockey, life, and um, it, it, it kind of is, you know, it's a little ironic because... The NHL, and I'm not saying it's their fault by any stretch, but it's, it's literally the week before they're they're, doing something with the Bruins to retire, Willie O'Ree, and it's like okay, the, the, he played in the, in the '60s, you know, it it's what. It's fifty, sixty years later. How much further have you know, you really uh gotten in society if we're still having those same incidences, so. It just begs to pose the question. I don't. I don't really like to talk about this kind of stuff, but I felt it was necessary to bring up in the podcast today. Um, I hope uh, that both players uh, truly mean what they uh, said, and truly, uh, um, tr- truly do learn from this, and hope they uh, change their ways. So, with that being said, after the uh, serious incident, we're now going to move on to. Some hockey talk. Well, not to say the other thing wasn't hockey talk, but now we're actually going to talk about the NHL. You know, fun stuff to get into. Now we can get it more excited, and yeah, let's just uh, move on. So here we go again with the Edmonton Oilers making news all week. All week. And I didn't get to bring this up in my last podcast, but it feels like uh, I get to talk about them in my... uh, (laughs) It feels like we get to talk about the Oilers again because it just seems like they're such a. There's always something that. There's always something that that keeps going on, and I didn't. I I probably should have addressed it, but 
first off, let's start with some positive news. Today, they made the signing for Evander Kane. So, I don't know whether that's going to help or hurt. Right now, they do need some goal. They need help everywhere. They got, he's a, he'll be a top six winger for sure. Um, for how long or until he messes up. Because we all know that Evander Kane has... Everywhere he goes, whether it was Atlanta, Winnipeg, Buffalo, San Jose, there's always some sort of issue. He's either got with a player, the team. Um, it, it doesn't matter where he goes. There's just some sort of issue. And so we'll get into that in a little. But I want to talk about the uh, incident between Jim Matheson and um, Leon Dreisaitl. Now, I'll give you a little background on this. So the Oilers, they've been, they've been pretty shitty for years. Let's... Let's not, uh, um, let's, let's not, uh, call them, uh, a dynasty by any chance. They're not the 80s Oilers with Gretzky and Coffee and all those guys, but they've been pretty, uh, crappy, but they do have two superstars with, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and we all know how great they are. Now, I think they've been to the playoffs once in the past decade, once, and, you know, so for the beat writers there, um... It's kind of getting frustrating for them, I guess, to uh, watch the same product over and over, and we're not getting anywhere. But the uh, so Jim Matheson, who's what's it called? He's been a uh, beat writer there for a while up in Edmonton. Um, there was a bit of a confrontation with Leon Drysaddle, which happened last, I believe, it was after last Tuesday's game. So we'll actually uh, go through it because it was actually pretty. It was first off, it was pretty funny. Um, to hear them go back and forth in their uh, interview in the press conference. So, and I'll also I'll pull up the uh, full, what's it called? I'll pull up the uh, the questions and answers because I hate the uh, I hate the media or sound bites or or sites that that only post part of it. it it's very annoying, and I'm like, well, if you're gonna tell a story, why not tell the full story? So, uh, Jim Matheson, first off, he asked uh, Leon, what's number one reason why you guys think you're losing and in your mind is there anything you guys got to do where you got to get better and dry you know he was being very dry but he did give him an answer he said we have to get better at everything which is true they'd really do and matheson was like would you like to expand on that and dry said nope you can do that you know everything so jim matheson which you you should never do i'll get into who i think is right and wrong but jim matheson then goes and attacks leon by saying why are you so pissy, Leon? Why are you so pissy? And he's like, I'm not. I'm just answering. And he's like, yeah, you are whenever I ask a question. And he's like, I gave you an answer. And Matheson's like, not a very good one. And you could tell it was a very tense uh, press conference. And you could tell that neither people were happy there. But I will I will say this. I, It's kind of very frustrating to me. I, I understand that journalists and beat writers are fans. Just like... Um, just like regular fans. So it's frustrating to see the team you cover lose and lose and lose over and over again. But do you really think if Jim Matheson, if he already has the article written out, do you really think it's necessary to cause a scene with Leon? Does he, does he really think he's going to get that extra quote? No, he's not going to get it. And calling him pissy in public, trying to embarrass him, um, and, and Drysaddle, what's it called? He handled, I don't think he handled it too bad. Um, we don't, you don't ever, you shouldn't ever call an athlete pissy because you don't get the answers you want, or he's not helping you with that extra piece to, uh, help your article get more clicks or, um, you, you know, to, 
to make you look better. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it does look bad on Jim Matheson. I, I don't know the guy from, you know, a, a, a tuna sandwich. But I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, you should ever uh, insult an athlete, especially when they're, when they're taking the time out of their day to answer your question. Because let's face it, last time I checked, Leon Dreisaitl, um he signed a contract to play for the Edmonton Oilers, not to... Uh, you know, answer uh, Jim Matheson's uh, questions at the media. So he's doing him a service there. And the the one thing I will say, so it doesn't look bad on Leon, but it does look bad that, um, you know, it feels like the same type of questions are getting uh, asked in Edmonton year after year after year. You know, it, you could see the frustration on the top players, and you could see there's always something brewing out. And, you know, it's... I don't. I don't even want to really blame Leon Drysaddle because he, first of all, if he gave acceptable answers, I mean, he did. He did it. He did answer each question. He didn't uh, ignore him or anything. He was taking his questions, and players they don't owe me the 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 whole notion that they owe media anything. It, it's nonsense. You they really don't. And you know, if you want to ask someone a question like that, like if you're so pissy or like, just pull them to the side, man. Just like have a conversation with them. Now, I'm not saying whether to use that in an article or um, a, a talk show or whatnot, but still, you pull them to the side. You don't got to do that in public. And you could tell Leon's in a, like, you could tell Leon Drysell, obviously, he's not happy that his team is stinking it up. I mean, it, it's, especially when it's not his fault. I mean, we all know why they suck. I mean, first off, I've already told you the number one problem there is goaltending. And because the tandems of Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith, um, well, I, I guess there is a bigger problem than goaltending. I guess the uh, GM who, who put that idea out there, Ken Holland, or who put that together and said, hey, you know, this might be a good uh, you know, uh, tandem. And no, it's not, buddy. So, and in fact, uh, Ken Holland should be out the door if the, because basically the Evander Kane signing today um, is just a move to you know, save his own ass, I guess, but, um, there's more to say on this, so, but we, so the reason why Matheson is doing this, I hope, uh, people do know, he, he, he just wants the response out of dry saddle, he, it's not, it's not a real journalist question, it's not real journalism, he, he's not, he's not making any, he can't make it that much better, I, I highly doubt he made his article that much better by, you know, attacking Leon Drysaddle, Especially when it's not even his fault that they're, uh, um, you know, losing so much. The only the only thing I wouldn't have done, with Leon. He said, um, when he said, uh, you you already know the answer. To it. You don't. It sounds like you're calling him a know it all, and maybe that's kind of got Matheson going. So I don't think you should be. I I know he wasn't asking the right questions. Maybe you shouldn't call him a know it all because I don't think anyone likes to be called that. But anyway, um. It was said what needed to be said. So, after that, you know, it's just a, what's it called? You know, like I said, reporters, they don't usually talk to players like that. And it's such a toxic atmosphere in Edmonton. Not not to say, that, like, that the they, not to say that, you know, the, the team is, like, has bad chemistry right now or anything like that. I mean, maybe they don't have the greatest chemistry. I don't know. I don't. I'm not in that oiler locker room, but, you know, it seems like, you know, the fans are just so fed up with it. The beat writers, the 
the journalists, the, and anyone who covers the team, it's such a sour taste after watching Edmonton. Because if you really think about it, the the state of the franchise, okay, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, and you, it's like you're wasting their primes. You really you really are. And I, and I, and I say wasting because, you know, these guys, you know, they don't want to go through another rebuild. They're not going to. And one day they're going to be like, you're going to hear one of them. You might hear one of them if things don't change quickly. This, this might end up like the Jack Eichel situation where he says, I want out of here. I don't want to play for Edmonton anymore. You think Oilers fans are going to, be, you know, be happy to hear that? No. Th- this is the same franchise that, you know, they, they had the great one, Gretzky. Like, and Gre- Gretzky is the greatest of all time, but they have never, let me tell you, there has never been a more faster player than Connor McDavid. He's changed the speed of the game with the way he plays. Um, and, and I'm not saying McDavid's, uh, you know, better than Gretzky in terms of accolades and career. No way. But I'm saying, like, you know, in terms of the, the speed of the game, yeah, McDavid, uh, what's it called? He takes the cake on that. And these guys are two bona fide superstars, which, you know, so you have to figure at some point there, it's it's going to be like Jack Eichel where, you know, it's it's time to get out of here. It's time to uh, move on. And, uh, it, you know, we, it's it really is just a um, week after week uh, nonsense that the Oilers have to deal with. And. You know, the struggles, I don't know if they're going to go away with this Evander Kane signing. I, I mean, I hope, he, I hope he helps. And I'm not trying to root against Evander Kane by any uh, stretch of the imagination here. But I, I don't know if uh, he, 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 w- he can help. I mean, he can be an impact player. But I don't know if he's the guy that you say, hey, um, let's, uh, let's go out there and get to that playoff run. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see how they do. I don't know if they're playing tonight, actually. I think they uh, won last night in Vancouver um, against the Canucks, but that doesn't really say much. So we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, we still got... We, ha- we we have a good team to talk about now, and that is my team, the New York Rangers. All right. So right now in that division, let me tell you, it is a dogfight for first place between the uh, between the... Pittsburgh Penguins, who came out of nowhere, the Washington Capitals, New York Rangers, and the Carolina Hurricanes. It is a dogfight there. Uh, That division could end up going to anyone. But we are going to talk about the New York Rangers. So during the offseason, what did they get? They got a lot of uh, uh, size and grit, especially on the bottom six. And first off, I just want to, you know, one of the most impactful players in the entire league definitely is Ryan Reeves who is the enforcer of the team, which you don't really have a lot of tough guys anymore. Let me tell you, it is so much different when you have a gritty third, a gritty fourth line. They have the one of the best fourth lines in the uh, NHL. Seriously, I, wa- I watched every game that I can of this team. They have, what's it called? Literally, they, they put the team on this back. They're always creating something, whether it's, you know, keeping the play alive, drawing a penalty. I I loved it last week on national TV, the Rangers and Leafs, where Ryan Reeves uh he scored two goals, which is is great. It was his first two goals of the season. I think everyone else was uh uh taking a nap during the game against the Leafs, but Ryan Reeves was awake and he actually helped them come back in that game and they beat the Leafs six three on national television. 
Um, Ryan Reeves, he's always uh, in front of the net. He he easily one of the best hitters in the NHL. And when he hits someone, you could hear it. The, the Garden, uh, the Ranger fans, we, we all love uh, Ryan Reeves throwing his body around. Um, and he would say, Cole, there's no more uh, people don't run around that much against the Rangers. They're, most most nights, uh, the Rangers are the more physical team. He always is uh, winning stick battles. He's on the forecheck. Like, Ryan Reeves is the perfect uh, tough guy to have on the team. And it, it was great to see him score two goals and uh, get get the uh, first star of the night. Uh, he really does, uh, what's it called? He really does energize them. And he really is the uh, the crowd. Uh, he, he really is a fan favorite. Um, I just uh, I just hope the, uh, what's it called? Tom Wilson knows that. No, no, <laughs> we won't. Uh, we won't get into that just yet in case that does happen. I'm kind of praying it does now, but um no, I think the uh the Ryan Reeves move is it was uh the trade and uh, extension was great. It it gives them a, it gives them size. Um, they also who are they oh they add this off season. Barkley Good Goodrow's added size. He's been moved around. I like uh Kevin Rudy on that bottom six. He you know he's been uh great penalty killer. Um, Greg McKeg has added some. You know, it's everyone on the fourth line. They always just work hard and. You know what? I don't want them outplaying the top players, which sometimes I have an issue with, but they get the job done. And speaking of the top players, how about uh, the year that Chris Kreider has? Finally having a 30-goal uh, season. And you know what? He's only played uh, 44 games, and it's he, he's, almost, he's about a point a game. So congratulations to him. He leads the league in goal scoring with 30 goals. He's been in an absolute tear. It's it's the best season he's ever had, and, and we're like barely past the halfway. We're not even at the All Star break yet, but he's never he's never had uh, more than his highest before this was twenty eight goals, and his highest point total before this was fifty two back in uh, twenty nineteen. So or excuse me, no, he had a fifty three point season back in uh, twenty seventeen, and he's already at forty three. So by there, I mean, you know, this guy can get to 40 goals, uh, maybe even 50 if we're lucky, Ranger fans. But, you know, he, he could he scores 40 goals this year. That's great. That's a great year for Chris Crowder. He's never had a season like this. He's he's always around the uh, front of the net. Um, and I think a lot of Ranger fans want the, him to be a captain because cap, uh, they don't have their captain yet. But um, he is he's a true leader on this team. And I, he is locked up, too. He did sign that extension. Uh, I, I can't remember when he signed his extension, but he is locked up. He is 30 years old, so he's not getting any uh, younger. This is, like, his prime. He's the t- uh, He's got a couple more years left to, you know, really uh, produce on, the, on that top line for the Rangers. And uh, I love the, uh, the team chemistry on the uh, New York Rangers. I, I don't know. I I'm always on their social media, so I'm a, I'm always able to check it out more, uh, post other teams. But I do like to see uh, team bonding. It, it some of the stuff is funny, and I think the uh, what's it called? There's a video out there. I don't know if people have seen it of Ryan Reeves, um, going back to Reeves. He he's skating uh with the mic, and he's trying to get all his players uh Super Bowl predictions. And you see him chase Chris Kreider, who you know Chris Kreider is a pretty fast player. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. And you see him trying to keep up with him, trying to race him, uh, trying to track him down for his Super Bowl prediction. He's asking all the European players, like Igor Shesterkin, who, by the way, um, NHL came out 
with the the writer's vote of the Vesna, he's number one. So that's uh for ever all the fans confused why the Rangers are so good. Well, he might want to take a look at the goalie, but um he he's asking all the European players uh that don't know much about the NFL and he's uh, they're all they're all saying I know Tom Brady and well even though uh they got it wrong it's it is still pretty funny and it is a great uh thing to see that uh Ryan Reeves is having fun out there and he and you know what's funny with Reeves he actually gives the uh media it, it it's more fun during his press conferences I think um, I remember the game against the Islanders uh he was talking about his uh soft hands when he had two assists which is pretty which is pretty funny because you don't think of him as a playmaker he's the uh, tough guy and I, and I think he's only been in maybe one or two fights this year. So, not to say he's not a tough guy this year, but um, he's fought less because I don't think anyone wants to fight him. So, um, great, uh, good job to the Rangers. Tied for first place at 60 points in that Metropolitan Division. That's going to be a dogfight. Um, th- there's been some rumors about them, maybe going after JT Miller, maybe getting Phil Kessel. Uh, uh, they, they might need another uh, goal scorer on that top six, but... That might we might have that discussion for a different day, um, when the uh, trade deadline is uh approaching, which um actually isn't too far off. We're at the end of January now, so hopefully that uh you know we'll we'll have those talks uh in the upcoming uh, episodes. But we'll move on here. We'll move on to the uh, f- uh last but not least, um we definitely have to talk about the rookie of the year race because wow there are a ton of rookies that are lighting it up right now and i'm going to what's it called this is uh my opinion this is uh who who i think the uh, top guys are and i and i'll give you who i think should win it so one guy i, I do want to talk about we'll we'll go from we'll go from uh we'll go from i don't want to say best to last but We'll start off with some. Uh, we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll talk about the top guy. So, my front runner right now, and yes, I know I know he's uh he, what's it called, um some uh, Red Wing fans will hate me, but I'm going with Trevor Zegers from the Anaheim Ducks. That's right, I said it. He is my Rookie of the Year candidate. For anyone who hasn't seen it, um not only does he have the Michigan assist, but tonight he finally pulled off the Michigan goal. I know it was against the Montreal Canadiens, who suck, but. My God, what an absolute goal that was! He he went around the net. He just did a little cross goal. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! The the jersey sales of this guy are, are gonna skyrocket. He's only twenty years old. His first his first freaking season in the National Hockey League, or his, or his first full season in the National Hockey League. What a, he's a twenty year old. He's got thirty points in thirty nine games. Um, you know this guy, he, the he he really is great. Um, great vision out there. Uh, he makes his all his teammates better, and he and he's pretty. He's a quick skater too. He's not. I mean, he doesn't have like McDavid like speed, but he can move out there. He's he's actually a. I'm. Pre- he's a smaller guy out there. He's not, um, this big, uh, massive guy. He's like he he he's he's a six footer, but he's definitely less than two hundred pounds. But my God, what an absolute uh lacrosse goal he had! I think he had two goals tonight. So kudos to him. The NHL. I love how they uh. What's it called? Uh, they 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 are inviting him to the uh, skills challenge, the breakaway challenge, which I think is a great idea. I was talking about that, um, my last episode, but that that is a great idea. And you know what? The reason why I have him in the uh, rookie, the front runner right now, it he's almost point a game, 
But the great thing is, you know, Anaheim, they, they really weren't supposed to be anything. And I'm not saying they're this amazing team, but you know what? They're second in their uh, division right now um, in that Pacific. So I'm going to give them their credit. I mean, it, we're, we're halfway through the season, and they're second in the division. Yeah, that says something. That might say something how your, your top player is a rookie, and he's making a great impact. Now, I'm not saying the, the Anaheim Ducks are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. No. Maybe in the future, they got a good core right now. But Trevor Zegris is definitely, uh, what's it called? The, the two biggest reasons, one is the impact that he's had on this Ducks team. And two, it, it ha- it's just the, the highlight reels. I mean, when you think of players like Trevor Zegris, you know, you, you think like when you think of players like moments, like he's already got the, the, the Michigan goal tonight. But a couple weeks ago, the first thing I think of is that Michigan assist, the one that's never been done, where he flipped it over the net, and then uh, Sonny Milano knocked it in, which was probably one of the best goals I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, I was trying to think, like, if I, like when I'm trying to see, see someone do that, I mean, I mean it, it kind of reminds me a little of uh, Pavel Datsuk um, with his uh, hockey IQ. I, I'm not saying he's going to be the Nets Datsuk, but... Um, you know, I he's he's got to be. It, it's it's a close race too. I, I, they, these are just my personal opinions for uh, who's gonna win rookie of the year. But you never know. the The next two couple guys up here could also uh, win it. We'll move on. Um. So we got the next two guys who um uh, we're gonna. I say next two guys. They're both on the Red Wings. Lucas Raymond. Um. He's a nineteen year old. He's having a very good season. He's got more points than uh. Trevor Zegers, he's got 34 points. He's got 11 goals, 23 assists, 43 games. Um, he's been, what's it called? He's just been a he's just been a consistent player his rookie season. I mean, they, they drafted him. Uh, he was the fourth overall pick back in 2020, so that was um, two years ago. And you know what? He's been on an absolute tear. He just gets, he just puts up, he just produces for them. He's got a good, he's got a great wrist shot, this kid. Um he's got he puts he he plays on their power play he he um he just he's a very good fit um Detroit's a team that's on the rise they're not going to make the playoffs this year but Lucas Raymond man he really is uh what's it called he really is stepping up and then his teammate Maurice Sider who's the uh defenseman of the group um he's putting up a good amount of points as well and he plays top minutes on the team I think he he gets like he 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 plays at least uh, twenty two a night, twenty three a night, for sure. But you know, Cider is the defenseman. He's got twenty seven points this season. Um, he's got four goals, twenty three assists in forty three games. But you know, it's less important for a defenseman to put up points and to keep the puck out of your net. But hey, he's got the offensive side to him. He's learning the defensive game. I know Detroit's still not a good team yet, but they got a good core. Um, I think he was their uh, first round pick back in uh, twenty nineteen. So he went. He went sixth overall, so they had a sixth overall pick and a fourth overall pick. So, good for them. Um, you know he, uh, the, these two guys coming. You add that to Dylan Larkin, and uh, Tyler Bertuzzi up front. You know you got some uh, good. Uh, you got a good core there, and then you got you got more prospects in your system and uh, other players on that team. But Maurice Sider is uh, having himself a hell of a year now. Here's the uh, argument I have against Raymond and Sider. And it's I know it's not a fair argument, but this is the argument I have against them. It's not about the impact, but 
the fact that these two play on the same team, I think it kind of hurts their chances. It's kind of like the MVP voting. So if this year with uh, the top guys right now are probably McDavid, Ovechkin, you know, dry sidles. I'm just I'm just putting out three guys right there. You'd have to say Ovi gets it more than them because it it kind of cancels out um when you when you have two great guys that play together. So you have if you have two good rookies that play together, you're kind of like canceling them out um because they're doing it together. Trevor Zegers, I'm not trying to say, you know, Zegers does it all by himself. I know he's got other good players on the team, but Trevor Zegers, you know, he's the long, he's the rookie doing it, you know, without another rookie helping him. So I think that's why it kind of cancels out. Not to take anything away um, from either rookie on the Red Wings. I know Red Wing fans are probably going to annihilate me for this take because it doesn't sound like a good one. But I'm sorry, Red Wings. I, I, I just think Trevor Zegers is the uh, best guy. And the other guy I will throw in the mix. I know there's some other people that I'm probably leaving out, but... Um, Tanner Janot on the Nashville Predators is slowly uh, entering this uh, conversation. Now, he's a little older in the group. He's a 24-year-old, but this is his uh, first full season. He played a little last year, but this is his first full season in the league. In twenty, He's got 26 points in 44 games, so he's a little behind in the scoring. But I have to say, he might be the most complete rookie in terms of the uh, defensive side and the uh, uh, physical side. Because let me tell you, this guy, he's a big guy out there. He's 6'4", uh, no, not 6'4", he's like 6'2", um, he, he's like 210, 215 he weighs about. I'm just ballparking it. But he's a big dude, I have to say. And he, you know what, he's always in on the forecheck. He's always uh, hitting someone. Uh, you know what, he, he's got 78 penalty minutes, so he, he drops the gloves too. And, he, and he's been in a couple scraps, especially in the past couple days. Um, I think I remember I saw him fight Big Logan Stanley of the Winnipeg Jets. And and he doesn't he doesn't back down from anyone. He goes he'll go after anyone he could find. He he is a tough kid, this guy. And you know what? If uh Nashville goes on that little bit of a run to get them in the playoffs, you know, he might be the guy to um what's it called? Um he might be the guy to you know, the reason for that, and I'm not saying that there isn't other reasons. I know the Nashville Predators are a good team this year, but you know, Sometimes it's more about uh, having a complete game instead of just an offensive game. Now, this guy can score, and he's got 13 goals on the season, 13 assists as well, like I said. But he really does have the uh, other aspects of the game um, to him, and I think that, uh, what's it called? I, I think that uh, he's he, he does the little things better than the uh, rest of the rookies, but... Um, he he he's only going to get better. He's a, he's a 24-year-old and yes, you can be a rookie at 24. The the age to me does not matter. But you know what? This guy just uh what's it called? And he's got a great story too. He's not he's not like this uh high draft pick uh like the other guys, you know. It's you know, he he just he just does it all. He works hard. He worked hard to get here. And I and I hope the the best for Janelle. I mean, he's he's a very exciting player to watch. I've seen Nashville a couple times this year, and he's always noticeable with with that other uh, big guy they have uh, on that line, Trennan. I think his name is. They they're very fun. They're very physical to watch, and, and you, you know they're Nashville. Uh, watch out for them because they they will hit you and they will fight back physically. So um, they're not a bunch of uh, pansies on the ice, which I do like to see. I like to see. Uh, 
you know, old-time hockey. But, um, yeah, that's, so I guess for my rookie of the year, I think um, there are some other good rookies out there. Um, I, I will give some credit, like guys like Dawson Mercer on the Devils. I know he's having a good uh, season. I don't know. I don't think he'll win it, but, um, and the Devils aren't really doing too good uh, these days. But um, he's had a good uh, rookie season, I'd say. So uh, I'm just trying to think of anyone else that I'm missing. I'm sure there's some other guys that deserve um, some recognition for their year. But um, I think the, I think that's the top four or five guys right there, I'd say. So um, I guess that's it for uh, hockey talk. I mean, there, there was other stuff in uh, other sports this year. with the uh, We got the NFL playoffs, the AFC and NFC championship game. Uh, Jesus, it's going to be a fun uh, two games to watch. Uh, I don't, I mean, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes looking for his second Super Bowl. You got the underdog, who I'm sure everyone's rooting for, Joe Burrow. And then the uh, NFC, you got uh, Matt Stafford on the as the quarterback and uh, with the Rams. And you got Jimmy G looking to get his uh, first Super Bowl after he lost to Mahomes. Might see a Super Bowl rematch. And then uh, if we have the Baseball Hall of Fame, too. With uh, Big Poppy Ortiz only getting in and uh, Bonds and Clemens left off, so I don't know about that. That that might be a conversation for a different day, but I don't know. You you, you know you, some it's ugh, that's a the MLB is a mess right now. Uh, thank God we're not uh, discussing them. But anyway, um, thanks for everyone for uh, listening to episode number four. Um, we we should put out the uh, next episode in the middle of next week. And I hope everyone's safe and is having a happy and uh, healthy life right now. Take care, everyone.